Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Phoenix and the Ferryman podcast. And my name is Krista Fee, and I'm your host. And I hope you notice our new introduction video and the faces of the Ferryman project that we just posted up. And I wanted to give you guys a really quick update on the Ferryman project. We got our first plaque and Ride to Remember completed. And that plaque is currently in New York City and in the hands of an NYPD officer who is going to do play the role of our final ferryman and get those plaques to the family of our fallen officer um, on October 2nd. So on my Facebook page, you will see posters for the Johnny Lawrence Memorial Show which will be, ha be happening on October 2nd. If you want to catch that presentation live, it will be happening during that show. So that is our update on the Ferryman Project. And today I want to bring on an amazing special guest that I actually have the privilege of having met in person when I was living in Alaska. And as you guys know, I am in Comer, Texas. So this person is absolutely spectacular. She is completely involved in everything that brings joy and happiness to other people from a coaching standpoint and a life transformation standpoint to an entertainment standpoint. So she is just very multifaceted and you can't help but love her. So please welcome Blaze. Bell to the show. Hello. Well, that Hello. was quite the introduction. I feel like we all need just like a hype person with us to introduce us everywhere we go. I mean, <laughs> well, thank you, Krista. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. I love the work that you're doing in the world. I'm just constantly inspired by everything you're putting out there and just that you have such a big heart to do this work. So I'm so happy to be here. And that absolutely goes both ways. Blaze is involved in the side of trauma that I'm no longer really working as much in because I've ended up going more towards the PTSD uh, world. And she has stayed in the um, human trafficking, domestic violence, sexual assaults world. So we are definitely two facets of, of, of a really similar puzzle. <laughs> and she also works really heavily in recovery, which is a big part of her story and her journey. So tell us about your amazing vibrant personality and what you do for fun and who you are now. Well, the things I'm doing right now, so actually last week I celebrated 10 years clean and sober and 10 years free of an eating disorder. So that was huge. And so it's actually, I'm, I'm kind of exhausted today just because I've had this week of a lot of sharing, a lot of, uh, you know, remembering those old times, remembering getting from that place to this place and what life was like, which I don't spend time normally thinking about. And so, you know, it's just been an emotional week, uh, but I'm so grateful for where I am today. And so I work for 
one of the things I do, I work with STAR, which is Standing Together Against Rape, the Rape Crisis Center here in Anchorage, Alaska. And I've been doing survivor speaking and um, leading support groups for them for a long time. And I just recently went and shared with them some gaps that I felt they had in service for like the ongoing care. So I feel like there's so many amazing organizations that can show up right in the moment of crisis, but then they have to move on to the next crisis. And sometimes we're just kind of left then in this space of like, okay, but I still have PTSD. I'm having flashbacks. I can't sleep and eat and all of this. So I wanted to help provide and create some programs that are like pure mentorship, which actually I'm, I'm going to be reaching out to you eventually to see if you want to join that. But <laughs> P.S. I have your name on a list. Uh, so I really hope to like grow that program and I'm really super excited about it. And uh, I also am on the board for a group called Victims for Justice and they serve victims of violent crime, not including sexual assault and domestic violence. So basically everything else. And um, both of these organizations were a huge part of my healing. And they were there when I needed them, when I had a big traumatic event. So it's so, it's just such a beautiful cycle to be able to show up now in the new space I'm in and give back while also still having a lot of boundaries on how I give back. Um, and I don't know if you've experienced that, but it's, you know, if you've been through certain traumas yourself, it's like, I want to serve, but there's certain things that are too hard on my mental health. I can't be an advocate that's like there day in and day out in crisis. Like I know I'll go dark side if I try to do that every day. So I've kind of created this world where I've by trial and error figured out all the ways where I can really show up fully without depleting myself. So, which is an ongoing, you know, battle of figuring out balance. I also do one-on-one -on -one life coaching and I have a couple of freedom from fear is my one-on-one -on -one program. I have an online course called reclaim your badassery. And, uh, I also just <laughs> started a co-creation, which is a membership program called sober and sovereign. Um, that I created with a woman in Nashville who's a hypnotherapist. And it's, I'm so excited. Like, I've just got all these things right now that are bringing me joy. They're all such a big part of my mission on earth. Like, I feel like I'm, I came from my home planet to do a job on earth and <laughs> help the humans <laughs> while trying to figure out how to be one. Um, so I just feel like, uh, but yeah, like you said, music. I just uh, did a Women of Rock show and singing has been one of my main uh, careers for over a decade now. So that's also therapeutic and just so much fun. I love being on stage. I've been performing since childhood and uh, yeah. And I have two kids. I'm busy. After you are busy. That, I'm like, I'm exhausted. I need a break now. <laughs> you are busy, but you're productive busy. You're not the kind of busy that a lot of people get with that. I'm overwhelmed when I'm not accomplishing anything. You make mm. things happen. So let's talk about music for a second because music is a form of therapy that a lot of people really take for granted. They don't really think about it. And you don't even have to be musically inclined. You can just listen to music and it can still be therapeutic. So did that play a role for you early on as well as now? 
Yeah, absolutely. And even when I look back to my childhood, just with, you know, some things going on in my family, and I started doing theater at a really young age, and that was some of my best times. And I, I can see that now as like a really healthy escape that I had, where I got to take a time out from my life and be this other person. And and I've always gotten a lot of joy from performing and entertaining and making people laugh. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely, and then like singing, which is a little bit different because uh, I have to be me, which is just a whole different kind of thing in the entertainment world. Um, but that, but like you could probably tell when you hear me sing, either I'm like doing a thing and being jazzy or I'm belting out really hard, which probably means I'm pissed off at someone. You know, and it's like, <laughs> I'm going to like let it all out on stage tonight. Hopefully people like it. If not, I'm going to feel much better by the end of this. Um, so yeah. And, and at, you're absolutely right. Like for the audience too, the show I just did recently, I really set an intention going in. Like, I really want to bring joy. This has been such a hard year and a half. I, whether or not people like my voice or like me, they can definitely get on board with how much fun I'm having. And I want that to just pour out into the whole room and just make people smile and dance in their seats. And I feel like I accomplished that and had a great time doing it. So I feel you on that. And I think the same for you with dance. I mean, I associate you with dance quite a bit. Right. Yep. That is my fire and, and dancing. Those are my, my healthy entertainment arts coping strategies. And the same thing. It's always been since I was a very little girl, that was an escape. It was a way to be creative. It was a way to be accepted because, you know, at school, it's very different because there's a lot of people that don't have anything in common with you and they may not like you. They may not accept you, but when you're in a dance class, you're with a bunch of people who have the same interests as you. So you automatically have a bond. So you create connections where you don't get that sometimes when you're growing up or when you're having a rough <laughs> childhood, shall yeah. we say. So just for fun, what is your number one go-to Joyful, happy song. Ooh, that's so hard. There are a million <laughs> fun songs. Um, I will say one of my all-time favorite songs is called I Choose by India Ari. If you listen, <laughs> just read the lyrics alone. Like the lyrics to that song, it's got to be the most like motivational, inspiring, uplifting song. A lot of her songs are. Um, so that's that's a big one for me that always gets me like pumped up. Okay, and on the flip side of that, what is your, we know you're absolutely ready to take on the world pissed off song? Ooh. <laughs> you know, I feel like when I'm in that mode, music doesn't even come in. It's like tunnel vision. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do have different moods for different music. And I also love to like use dance as a healing practice. And sometimes that looks like a ballerina. Sometimes it looks like a fun pop situation. And other times it's like heavy metal. Looks like I'm on the floor having an exorcism. And I just feel like those are all like so therapeutic. So Enter Sandman by Metallica. That, that's, that's one that I can like get a little ragey with. The many personalities of Blaze. <laughs> I have a dream of like drumming in a metal band. Right. So, 
Yeah. That would be so releasing. Don't you think? I I would. I'm with you on that, though I have no... I have no comprehension of how that would even work, but like I have no skill whatsoever, but it's, I, I, especially Metallica envisioning that is fantastic. (laughs) So I hate to be the person that takes you back uh, again (laughs) this week, but a really big part of what we're doing here is we're showing people that where they are today And in these moments when they feel like there is no hope, when there is no better, when life doesn't get any different, that we have been in those places and that it can change and you can choose different and that it can look the way that our lives look now. So to to achieve that, we have to share some of the places that we've been. So if you are comfortable, Give us a little bit of your background and a little bit of your story and why do you do what you do now? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for, you know, asking so nicely. And, you know, I, I know that you won't push push anyone to share anything they don't want to. So, um, but also like. Sure, my informed. Like, oh, thank you, you know, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, but sharing my story is a big part of my mission. And and for that reason, like I want people to know they're not alone in their pain and in what they're going through. And there are so many times in my past when I felt so alone. And that's just such a sad place to be. Um, so really a lot of my, the big shift kind of happens. I was 19 years old and um, a masked man broke into my house and I experienced it extremely violent home invasion and um, was sexually assaulted and like badly beaten. And um, it was just absolutely terrifying and like something you only see in a movie, hopefully. Um, And in that time, I mean, and maybe that went on for, it's hard to tell, like I was at, so I left my body, you know, it was a very, very scary situation. but I'd say maybe it was an hour. And it's so wild how like one hour in my life, my brain completely rewired. And what I believe to be true about just about everything major changed in that moment and through that experience. And I suddenly, my home was no longer safe. Like even today, I don't feel like my home is the safest place for me to be because of that day and nothing like that has happened since and nothing like that really happened before. But again, it's like, this is what happens in our brains. And, um, my home was no longer safe. Men were no longer safe. Everything I believed to be true about the world, the world wasn't safe anymore. Uh, I stopped believing in God in that moment because no one swooped in to save me. And, uh, you know, took like my virtue, sex didn't mean anything anymore. Just like all these things that meant so much to me or were such a big part of my belief system just crashed. And uh, so the recovery, you know, and that's why I really, it's so important to me to be there for sexual assault survivors because I feel like the recovery from these things is so complex and it just is like up and down and so many things can come out of left field that 
take us back there unexpectedly. And it's just such a, uh, yeah, I just feel like a complicated thing to move through. And, um, and because a lot of people don't talk about it, which again is one reason I do. It's not because it's fun or comfortable, but it, it's because it's important. And I don't want people to hold this in their whole life and have it manifest in other ways and come out in hurtful ways. And so I spent a long time after that in self-harm. Um, and it's so sad how common that is where something bad happens to us and we turn around and become self-destructive. And, you know, I was kind of like a walking textbook. I didn't know that at the time, um, but I had no healthy coping skills. And so, so many things changed. And during that same year, a couple months after that happened, my uh, stepdad left my family, my mom and my brother and I, and uh, just because of all the stress, and I'm sure they had other issues going on that I knew nothing about, you know, but all I knew was, okay, I'm in the middle of this huge trauma. And now I feel like I have to take care of my mom who's heartbroken and my little brother. And a few months after that, my biological father died. And uh, that was really traumatizing. And so that was the point when I, I got the call about my dad and I was like, huh, I need to check out. And, uh, you know, and I, I wasn't suicidal. I actually never have been, but I was like, I really need a break. I have maxed out my emotional IQ, you know, and I'm like, I gotta go. And that's when I started abusing prescription drugs. And that was the start of my addiction. And it was kind of tricky, more sneaky, because I felt like, well, these are from a doctor. I'll just take a little extra. Like, it's safe. It's legal. And uh, now I know how damaging prescriptions are, even more so than some drugs from the earth. Um, you know, but so that was really the start. And that had been the only coping mechanism I'd been given after my assault was I suddenly was just loaded up with pain pills, sleeping pills, anti-anxiety, antidepressants, and I'd never had any of those in my life. And so, um, yeah, I just was all out of whack. Uh, I developed bulimia really badly, and that went hand in hand with my addictions for off and on for a decade. And um, I was just in so much pain. I was so afraid all the time. I felt so sorry for myself. I was just full on victimhood. And, uh, and you know, when you're feeling like a victim, there's nowhere to go. Like you, you're so, I was so stuck in that place. And as long as I was blaming everyone else and not taking any responsibility for my own life, I couldn't grow. I couldn't change. There wasn't a lot of hope. And I stayed in that for, for a very long time. So what was the magic trick? What was the magic moment when you looked at yourself and just went, oh my God, something has to change? Yeah. I wish it was magic. It was a lot of little things leading up. But um, there was a point when I had a baby. And so I had been with my ex-partner and you know, and we had decided we were going to have a kid. And I was like, yeah, kids are hilarious. Let's do it. Um, and, but I got pregnant very fast. And I remember like looking at the pregnancy stick and like double vision, because I was still drunk from the night before. And 
I just remember thinking like, oh, okay, okay. Well, obviously you don't drink when you're pregnant. So I'm cured. <laughs> it's done. This will be so easy. Uh, babies are great. So I didn't use at all for my pregnancy, but I also wasn't doing anything else to heal. So as anyone who can imagine taking away my only coping skills, adding in a bunch of pregnancy hormones, I was a complete mess. I was, it was just so, so hard. And uh, I was basically like a dry drunk, just white knuckling it, trying to make it through. And about a week after I had the baby, my in-laws were in town and they said, well, why don't you two go celebrate? We'll have the baby take an hour, you know, go have, go have champagne, celebrate. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Like, uh, you know, I just stayed sober for 10 months. Obviously, I'm not an addict anymore. And I remember taking that first drink and it was like everything went black. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, I still am. This is going to be I'm going to obsess about this now. So for about two months, I was really back in that obsession. It turned that part of my brain back on. I was always thinking about like, how could I like maybe rationalize this much, you know, one drink at a certain time. So it won't interfere with feeding the baby and, you know, just absolute insanity and obsession. And so then, and then my partner caught on and there was a point when he was just like very calmly and matter of factly, if you do this again, you can't be around our kid. And, and I knew that was, true. And, you know, I knew he meant that. And that was really the first time in my addiction that I had something that I was really afraid to lose. That was more important to me than escaping my pain. And that's when everything changed. And so at that point, I was like, I need to try something I haven't tried before. And so I went to a women's only 12 step meeting. I didn't have any female friends at the time. I knew that would make me uncomfortable. I went to a Narcotics Anonymous where that that group made me, it was like more life or death to me than AA, which was a more functional legal thing. Um, so I really like put myself in situations where I knew, like I needed to be scared straight a little bit. I needed to do things I'd never done before in order to change. And I remember thinking like, I'll try this for one year. I'll do everything these people suggest. If I don't feel better, I'm going back to using. And thankfully, things changed. And, and they really changed quickly when I started putting pen to paper and like became as obsessed with my healing as I had been with my addiction and my self-destruction. And I committed to putting as much time, effort, and money into healing as I had done, as I had into escaping. And and I'm still doing that, you know, so. It just takes that willingness, even if it's just this much more willingness to change than to stay where you are. That's enough to get that ball rolling. So how important do you think taking responsibility for your own life becomes in this process? Oh, it's so I think it's so freeing. It's huge. And it's kind of, you know, you have to flip your perspective because at first it feels so scary because you're like, but it's not my fault. And, you know, having a lot of responsibility doesn't always feel good, but it also means that you have control, you have power, you're empowered in your life. And 
that's the biggest thing that I try to help my clients with and my friends and my family is let's find ways to all be as empowered as possible so that we can handle the different things that are, that will come up. I mean, just living life as we've all seen over the past year or two, like things are going to happen no matter who you are that might throw you out of whack. And so let's find some tools. And one of the biggest tools is going, what part do I have to play in this or that situation? And, and how can I show up for myself? So I think, yeah, I mean, with the Spider-Man thing, with great power, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> this is one of my favorite conversations with people who are, who work extensively with trauma because I run into a Facebook, especially is notorious for this. The second that you say that a victim has a victim, I don't like to use that word, um, has responsibility for their healing. You get your victim shaming, you know, you're, you're blaming the victim. What the heck? How are you trauma informed? And my response to that is always, if that's how you feel, you're not ready yet for the steps that it takes to heal. When you're ready to heal, when I say that to you, you're not going to have that response. You're going to have a you're going to see that there's power in that. You're going to see that there's hope and change and that all of that stuff begins with taking some responsibility for your healing. You're never responsible for what happened to you. Nobody's saying that you're to blame for your past, but the conversation is now, this is where you are. Do you want to stay here? Because you can, mm -hmm. or do you want to take responsibility and take the steps and do the work that it takes to get forward. And I love that you talked about dedicating that much work because it's never, ever easy. It can be simple, but it's never, ever easy. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that you're talking about that. I'm so glad that you also respond in that way to people because you're absolutely right. And uh, yeah, when we stay in that space, there's just no room for growth. And I feel like some people spend their entire life just stuck in blaming everyone around them for where they are. And I understand, like, I've been there. I've been in that spot. And it feels a lot better to get out of it. It really does. And with the work we're talking about, like, yes, it's, it can be hard. A lot of times it's simple, but you need the baby steps and consistency. But in my experience, the rewards came really quickly once I just was able to push through that. And I think it's totally fine to have some resistance because I definitely had resistance in the beginning to like, well, are you sure you're angry at this person? And, or do you actually love them and you're sad? And I'm like, oh, oh man, I never thought of that, you know? And um, so I think it's okay to have those moments of denial and defensiveness as long as you're willing to keep moving through it. Oh, I still have all that. I still have all those. There are days. There are moments. There are days. Yeah. And and there are days, even still, you know, we're at about the same timeline with effectively really focusing in on healing. Um, there are still days when I jump into the victim cycle and I'm just like, this is who I am because of what happened to me, yada, yada, yada. 
this is, it made me who I am. I'm just, those are my personality traits. Just deal with it. Cause you know, yeah. I don't have control over that. That's just who I am. I will find myself jumping into that pattern every now and then. And I have to catch it and go, wait, that's not true. I'm behaving like an ass. <laughs> like my trauma does not give me an excuse to treat other people like they're the enemy to, to allow my fear to put other people off like that. So it's still, you're never, you're never done. You're never fully healed. It's a lifelong process. Our, our entire experience as human beings is built on the experiences of the past. So we're always maneuvering through the junk, <laughs> the junk that built our brains, the junk that created all the pathways. But there is so much better. Right. right. Well, well, and our, our brains are so amazing. Um, oh, do you hear me like echoing? Hey, okay. you said okay. <laughs> okay. uh, but all of that wiring that happened in our brains, we get to reverse it. We get to change it. We can rewire our brains. And I'm so grateful that there's so much information out there today to help us on that journey. And that's huge. And I feel like a, not a different person, but a very different version of myself than I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And I almost, I've been having moments lately where I feel like I'm me at like 10 years old and it feels so good like this more authentic part of me that's showing up again I'm like okay I'm safe now I and again that's really internal being safe feeling safe um but I also want to say you know as far as like things coming up over the years PTSD is such a huge part of being a survivor and or just you know in my case it was a felt like terror, you know, it was a really terrorizing type of event. And so a lot of the elements of it have had those lasting PTSD effects. And also, you know, in my case, that person was arrested. And so there's also been a lot of parole things and hearings and court and that kind of stuff drags on. And the justice system is... <laughs> I would say like fully created and set up with the perpetrator uh, at the forefront and the victim's rights are just somewhere mysterious. And um, so I've spent so much time researching victim's rights, making so many incredibly hard phone calls, just trying to figure out what my rights are. And, and the person who attacked me um, did the same thing to a few other people. And so, you know, that pushed me a lot more to do that research for all of us and try to protect them as well. And it was, it's just been exhausting. I mean, and even up to this year, they, these things coming up again. And so also the fact that I've been able to stay clean and sober and not turn to these self-destructive things for this past decade as really, really tough things have come up um, that really kind of shake my safety and feeling, you know, going back into the survival mode, which I hate being there. Like you can't have fun when you're looking over your shoulder or worried about the, your life, you know? So I've really had to bring in a ton of healing tools and thankfully there are a ton and they all play their part. And yeah. So, I mean, there, there's so much hope and there's so much available to us today. 
So what are your top three favorite coping techniques that you use for yourself? Mm -hmm. Tapping, emotional freedom technique, EFT, it's all the same thing. Uh, that's my number one favorite tool. And I actually found that uh, I found a video and it was about tapping for PTSD for, for vets. And, um, and it was talking about how that was one of the best tools um, in that situation. And so you can look that up. You can go on YouTube. Brad Yates is like has a hundreds of videos on tapping, guided tapping. Um, that's something I use very consistently. It's a mixture of neuroscience and acupressure. And you like tap on these certain points and really speak the true, often negative things you're experiencing and get them out of your mouth, out of your head, and also like energetically releasing it while like through these points. And I find that to be one of the most helpful healing tools I've ever used. I, I use it for headaches, like it's great for physical ailments, it's great for emotional crisis. Um, you can also do like light and fluffy tapping just on like, I'm a badass. I'm so cool. I mean, there's so many different things you can do with it. And I feel like it's just a great release. Uh, also, it's free. You can do it anywhere. Like, it's simple. Um, so that's my number one. The last year, I made the biggest investment I've ever made in a coach. And I hired a hypnotherapist. And hypnotherapy was amazing. And we did hypnotherapy sessions once a week for... I want to say five or six months and tapping in to the subconscious mind is just, it's like the fast track to healing. And there's a lot of studies out there too, of like talk therapy versus hypnotherapy. And it's just so <laughs> faster. Um, so I, I've had so much more gentle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. I never thought of it that way, but I mean, I've done talk therapy off and on throughout my life and, Oftentimes it's just like, okay, I just spilled my guts and now I have to leave and I'm just raw and open and I don't know what to do. And yeah, I prefer like something more active or something that's like hypnotherapy is really getting down more to the root of your issue. And uh, so that, I think that's absolutely incredible. Number three. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I would say exercise, actually. Um, you know, there's so many, like, sometimes meditation, mindfulness techniques. <sighs> I want to say journaling. I've got to admit, I barely ever do that. When I do, it feels so good. I just, it's hard to get me there. Um, but I feel like I have so much energy in my body and um, trauma stuck in my body. Also, as a survivor, a really common thing is disassociating from your body. And so that's been a newer part of my journey. Like I did so much healing up here and realized I really hadn't reconnected to my physical being. And so that's kind of the phase I'm in now. And so I've really made exercise a big part of my life and like weight training and cycling. And I'll be cycling to, you know, riding my little bike to nowhere and setting intentions of like, I'm just spinning all of this trauma out. I'm like releasing trauma from my cell memory and uh, it helps. It really helps. And the, like just the endorphins alone are amazing. So for me, that's been a big part 
just recently for my own mental health. It's helped a lot. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. I'm going to take a second to take advantage of everything you just said, because okay. the program that I have available now, and we have four scholarships available right now that are full tuition paid for military veterans, police, firefighters, or frontline emergency responders or their spouses um, covers all of those things. So everything that you just talked about is involved in this program. It is specifically for trauma and for memory reintegration, which is that healing the core cause, going back and changing the memories. And hypnotherapy is extraordinarily well-researched, as you say, and it's extraordinarily effective. And everybody's heard about EMDR, and that's like the go-to for PTSD, but EMDR often leaves people really traumatized and they get sent home and they, they don't know how to process all of that that they just talked about. So hypnotherapy is more gentle and you can do all of that in the program. So just go to the website and take a peek at what's available for you because it is a gift from Battle to Be to you guys. Wow. That's so, amazing. That's amazing. So now, now that I've done that and, uh, <laughs> which I, I never do that. I never do promotion and stuff during the show, but that was just too much of an opportunity to say, this is what it does. This is a perfect example of how someone feels afterwards and how grounding and safe and gentle this can all be. So I wanted to take advantage of that, but I also want people to know what you have available right now and how they can work with you because you are extraordinarily skilled and I absolutely trust you in this genre and I don't recommend people very often. So I appreciate that. How can, how can our folks get in touch with you? Yeah, well, I'm quite easy to find. <laughs> um, you can go, my website is blazebell.com and I'm Blaze Bell Bliss. I, I use Instagram the most. I'm definitely on Facebook um, and I, I share a lot and I really use those platforms to try to inspire and teach and share. Um, like I said, I have a, like a standalone online course. So that can be done at any time at your own pace. And I think it's a lot of fun. That's the Reclaimer Badassery. And um, I have openings for one client right now. Uh, for one-on-one. -on -one. I will be opening a few more spots uh, in about two months. And then Sober and Sovereign is really the big thing right now that I've been putting a lot of focus on. And the hypnotherapist who I worked one-on-one -on -one with, who really changed my life, um, she is my, the co-creator of this. So we have monthly hypnotherapy, monthly tapping circles. Uh, this weekend I taught an empowerment workshop. And so every week we have a different type of healing uh, session with a group. And I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful way for people to connect and do something a little bit alternative for recovery uh, that's not so mainstream. And uh, some of the things people don't like about 12-step meetings are not a part of this. It's, it's different. And um, we're just really excited about it. So you can also find that on my website and read all about it. And yeah, other than that, I mean, I love doing things like this. Oh, I host two podcasts. Oh yeah, that those are important because you can just listen to those anytime. Uh, so the Blaze Bell Show is a podcast. I actually started it when quarantine started. 
So I was like, this is something I've wanted to do for so long. The world, apparently like the sky is falling, so we better do it right now. And, you know, and I kept thinking like I was struggling so much, even with my huge toolbox, what was everyone else doing? And so it, it worked out really well too, because so many people that I probably normally couldn't have had on my podcast were all at home, <laughs> you know? So I was able to get some really amazing guests on there. Um, you're one of them. And so, yeah, check that out. There's got to be like 50 episodes on that's still going. And then I'm also hosting a podcast for something called the Isaac Project with the International Association of Forensic Nurses. And that's been really beautiful. And that's, again, very like on mission for me. Forensic nurses are the ones who do rape kits um, after sexual assaults. And so this has been, I've been able to interview people from all over the world that um, are just sharing their stories, teaching, educating other care providers. It's been super interesting. So yeah, blazebell.com. Find all the things, come hang out with me, come to Instagram and message me. And yeah, I love that. So again, this girl is amazing. So find her, seek her out, spend some time with her, pick her brain. <laughs> she has a lot of amazing knowledge for you. Um, and thank you so much for coming out today. Is there anything that you would say is like the message encapsulated that you want people to take home with them right now? Yeah, I would say you know, this is really, if you're out there right now and you're feeling alone, you're in a lot of pain and you're just suffering and feel like you have no one to talk to, please know that you're not alone. Please know that you're worthy of healing. And even when it doesn't feel like we're worthy of love, you know, maybe I know in my case, I made so many mistakes. After I was harmed, I harmed other people in different ways and myself and got to a place where I couldn't even look in the mirror. And so if you're in that place right now, please know that you are just innately worthy. You were born worthy. That hasn't changed. You might feel broken, but you're not. You are, your spirit is still there and it's ready to reconnect and that healing and that hope is still alive and available to you. And if you don't have anyone to talk to, message me. And I truly mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like, I am so happy when people reach out to me because sometimes that's all we need is just one person that we can share with that who will listen without judging us, without shaming us, and just be there to hold space. And I can be that person. And I can also give lots of resources of crisis lines and other other great places and spaces like that. So please know you're not alone. And there's always someone that cares about you out there. So, again, thank you so much. Thank Have you. Amazing, amazing night. And I'll just say a few closing words. All right, everybody. That is a wrap for our show tonight. I do want to remind you guys that if you have a loved one who is a fallen hero, and we do serve mil active military veterans, police, firefighters, and all emergency frontline personnel. So that includes nurses and emergency room doctors, 
and dispatchers and medics. So if you have someone that has that has passed on the job or not on the job, um, our plaque program is accepting applications and we do this service for, for you for free. So if you don't know about what we do with the Ferryman Project, we create one of a kind plaques made by your peers for your fallen individual that we get to you. And the journey is as important as the destination. So the entire process is about allowing peers to connect with the fallen in spirit and to take that plaque hand to hand across the country to deliver it on a ride to remember. And if you are a car person, if you are a motorcycle person, you'll understand how important this is. Um, we use Harley Davidson's, we use motorcycle clubs, we use Jeep clubs, we use classic car clubs, and we get people involved who have something special to share. And we deliver that plaque to you. And on the whole process of the journey, we make a point to remember and to honor the individual that has passed. Once that plaque reaches the, de the final destination, that person's name is put on our 2020 Jeep Gladiator, Phoenix Rising, as a memorial and is taken to all kinds of events, police events, veterans events, parades, um, just everything. It is taken out so that people are constantly reminded so that there is a reason for the person's name to be constantly brought up. So it's an effort to ensure that our heroes may be fallen, but they're never forgotten. So if you want your loved one to be honored in this way, go to the website battletobe.com and, or excuse me, battletobe.org. And there is an application process there that you just give us the information where it needs to go, what you want it to say. And we'll do some research on your individual and make sure that the journey is as special for them as it can possibly be and that it matches their interests as much as possible. And we're very passionate about this project. So again, you can do that. Also, if you would like to be a ferryman, if you would like to volunteer to take one of the plaques, uh, we ask that you do at least 60 miles. Um, you can take it as far as you want to. And as we organize these rides, um, if we have something going to the area that you volunteered for, we'll connect with you and see if you're available to do a journey for a particular plaque. So if you'd like to volunteer to be a ferryman, if you do receive a plaque to deliver, all of our ferrymen receive a, one, a, a unique limited edition ferryman coin that we create for you guys. So of course we, we do follow that coins for the ferryman as you receive the plaque. Um, then you take the, take the plaque to the next person and just meet up with them. So you do get a small reward. They are collectible and we change them out often. So if you get involved and you do a lot of journeys, then you'll have an amazing collection and there are actual challenge coins. I wish I had one with me right now. Um, 
but they are fabulous. So again, the applications are up for both roles. If you would like to volunteer to be a ferryman, or if you would like someone to be honored, you can have either of those situations. So again, also our course is open and begins October 10th and it's a 12 week program and it always fills up. So if you would like to see what it's like to work with us, to see what it's like to have the tools and the resources that we talked about tonight, uh, just go to battletobe.org and check that out. Just schedule a 30 minute call with me and we'll talk about whether it's appropriate for you or whether you might need some other resources. We have full scholarships, we offer sliding scale, we do some programs by donation only. So finances should never be a reason that you can't get the help that you need. And we don't care what your discharge or your disability status is. So please connect with us if you feel like you need some help or you want some help or if you just want some tools and resources to make your life better. I'm going to say better every day. Inch by inch, we climb mountains. This isn't this is not a marathon. This is a daily effort. This is a daily walk. And each and every day, things can be brighter. Things can be better. And you don't have to be stuck where you are today. So all of you have a fantastic evening.